Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast, episode 12-6. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And we get together and hang out and listen to great video game music every week. And this week is a live streamed Patreon exclusive. And this is a challenging one to have because let me tell you, the weather outside is frightful. And the temperature is not delightful. So you're not happy with with the with the weather at all? Not at all. It's too cold outside, and it's damp. It's and not dry. cold. It's like 50 degrees, man. Yeah, but it's wet cold. <laughs> wet cold is the bad cold. Oh, I see. If it was dry outside, I wouldn't care nearly as much. But unfortunately, not so good. Mm. And you know, weather does weird things to your brain. Like you think about things that were lost. Things that have not been found, and those video games that you just never completed, and yet you find yourself wondering, what could I do differently to remedy that? So I've been playing some old games. I saw you finished 100% at Iconoclasts. Yes, I did. Everyone should play it. Yeah, I just started that. It's a little heavy-handed on the uh, metaphor. On, on just, it's just a little heavy. Yeah. Heavy-handed. Yes. Not heavy. Just heavy-handed. But it's so good. <laughs> but it's fun. I like the gameplay. I really like the character art. I think, it's, I think that's really good. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit because yeah. we have an interesting topic choice today. Yes. Um, so we came up with the topic this week, which is Rhythm and Pixels Recommends. Yes. So this is a free-form topic with a stash of wonder in the sense that we're choosing game tracks, but the only connecting theme is we want to recommend these games for people to play. Obviously, the hope is that we picked good music from those games. Mm. Like, we don't want to have it to, you know, the track be, you know, Peter Pepper's cha-cha from the game Burger Time. Yeah. That wouldn't do so well. <laughs> that wouldn't do so well. Although, Burger Time is a fantastic game. More people should play Burger Time. Yes, they should. And Tapper, for that matter. Tapper is great. The um, what? So, what I chose were some games that I remember playing maybe a long time ago that I played again, and they weren't so bad. And I, and I want people to try them out. Mm. And that's what I'm hoping to. Like some of these, I mean, it's hard to say if they've been heard of or not heard of, but what I do know is that I want people to play them more. So, okay. I mean, hey, heaven forbid they might be like, I've heard of this game, but I never thought to give it any attention. Like, well, change that tune. Right. So I'm going to um, pick my music, pick the game, and for the first time, I'm going to speak a little bit about the game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to talk a little bit about um, why the game maybe isn't as bad as you think. Or maybe try to convince you that it's worth playing. Intriguing. In that case, sounds like you should start it off because yes. you're, you're gung ho Okay, my first track is from the game Skate or Die 2 for the NES, composed by Rob Hubbard. This game is cool. It's very different. It's for the NES, so it's very minimal. And this is called Level 2, The Mall. I like that. And it's a Rob Hubbard. So, you know, it's a Hubbard jam. <laughs> Let's get down to it. Thank you. 
This is Level 2, The Mall, from Skate or Die 2 for the NES, composed by Rob Hubbard. And, okay, first of all, Rob Hubbard on the NES is awesome. Awesome sauce. What are some of the other games he's hit on NES? Because I know about the Skate or Die games, of course. But. Yeah, Skate or Die, okay. uh, uh, Ski or Die. Games that have Die in the title? All right, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of the Genesis, because he, he worked for EA. No, I, I mean, the Ski or Die. No, Ski or Die was on the 16-bit system. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's um, still good. It's anyway, still good. this is a, a great like rock track. It's got the um, the cool arpeggio. Bleep, 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 bleep. So it's definitely on the bleep bloop, but it's just really cool. The um, Every stage has kind of like this rock vibe to it, um, but like it kind of like changes up. So like the, the third stage is on the beach, and it's a little bit more like slower, a little bit more like island vibe. And then, um, yeah, on this one's kind of fun, like, know, it just sounds like mall music. And then like the first one's like on the streets, and it's like kind of like hardcore, like the like the skater die theme is playing. It's it's really neat. And it's funny you said because honestly, I don't think I ever got past the mall in that game. So I don't really, I didn't know it was, was a beach. It was rough. There's only four stages in this game. So I got to ask then. So and keep in tune of the show. So or this episode theme. So yes. Why skater die two? Like why not say for example skater die one? Okay. So skater die one is like from like the old school like PC days of like the Olympic games or whatever, where it's like it's like five mini games and they all suck, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like you get this skate on the half pipe, but it's like little little people moving back and forth and they can barely hit each other. Or it's like you get to go on the street skating, but it's like it doesn't control. It's just horrible. I didn't like that stuff. But Skater Die 2 is like, all right, let's make it a skateboarding game, but side scrolling in that like kind of like perspective, like a, like a beat em up perspective. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay on the skateboard. So it's a little wonky to control, but you can, you can um, beat up bad guys. Upgrade your skateboard. Upgrade your tricks. So all of the tricks you can do are assigned to B and a direction on the on the directional pad. This is I remember this so well from when I was a kid. Yours, he's playing it better than I could. It is so cool because you only want those tricks for um, so that you can maneuver on the stage. So, so the like tricks allow you to do different things, like access different areas on a level. Well, no, I, I, the tricks they let you like get like maneuver better. Oh, okay. The, the areas in level are just hard to get to anyway because it's just it's, it's a difficult to control game. But I mean, other like that, I think that's just it's just it's a really neat idea with some really cool music. Like, you're going to hear all of this music because the, the stages are just really long, like areas of like okay, you have to go here to find the boss. Uh, in the mall, the the uh, you're you're trying to create like a a, a giant half pipe and skate park for the kids. Oh, that's the overall purpose that's of the That's the purpose of the game. And then all of the plans, they get um, torn up and scattered all over the beach. And so you got to go on the beach and collect all the, the, the different pieces of paper, which is actually really hard to remember where everything is. Uh, I mean, I, they are pretty tiny sheets the, of paper. Uh, yeah, the mall stage is you got a, you got a job delivering packages in the mall, and like they tell you where to go to each store, but you have to remember where each store is in the fastest path to each store to deliver the packages. It's incredibly difficult. But I find it so rewarding because the um, because of the mechanics are just really neat. So one might say that that's the, a prime example of a type of game or game in general that probably could stand to get re-released and redone. Maybe. Because, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's an old game. Sometimes they're best left in the past. But I also feel like if it's a game that where you can sit here and outright say, I like the game, but there were some control issues, for example, because of the times when it came out. I wouldn't mind seeing that come out. You know, now we got to be tight. We fine tune the controls, so it's a still I, I, great game. I'm saying for the NES era, 
and for this style of game, mm-hmm. like this kind of like weird style, like like unique, it's it's unique for what it is. It's very unique for its time period, and I think it's well executed, and um, and the music's awesome. I have to agree with all of those things. Yeah. I just happen to be terrible at the game, so I think it holds up. So yeah, so if you're looking for a retro game to try out, I think I think Skater Die Two is is interesting. It's very different, and I don't think they ever made a third one. No, they did. At that point, I think they moved on to the Skier Die game. Yeah, I think that might have been the extra thing they did. But yeah, it's just very. Oh, and they had the Game Boy games. Oh, they yeah. could be Game Boy games. So Skater Die, Search for Double Trouble. That was this and one. And then the Game Boy game. Dis- I don't think even. Did they hit no, Bad there, and Rad. There's Bad and Rad, and then there was the Tour de Thrash. Uh huh. Which was more like a racing style game, which is the one I had growing up. And I, I liked it. So I was obsessed with skateboarding. I thought it was Weren't cool. We all, I, I thought it was really supposed neat. to be, and I kind of was. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think this music's super cool. It's a jam. Yeah, I like how it gets uh, major at the end. Okay, so that's the mall. What do you have? What do you What do you want to What do you want to recommend? Because I feel like you're also recommending to me. Okay, well, I'm gonna start this off. Crap, I gotta. <laughs> I have five tracks. I know. I, I got. I got them all here. So you you go ahead and just pick what's in your heart. Well, I gotta go with the obvious one because if I don't, I'll kind of feel guilty about it. <laughs> but um, the first game I'm gonna drill down here is Iconoclast. Yes. Um, the track title is called Psycho. Cycle Pump and is composed <laughs> by Joaquin Sandberg. Mm. So let's see what you got. So we get. Welcome back. You're listening to Psychopomp from the game Iconoclast, composed by Joaquin Sandberg. So, 
Why did I pick this specific track? Well, partly because I spent a lot of time listening to it as I failed over and over and over yeah, again. This sounds like boss music. It's, a, it's one of the um, tracks for one of the bonus bosses in oh, the game. Oh, okay. I'm not going to say... Actually, I can honestly say the name of the boss and no one would get it because <laughs> people were already saying, I don't understand what the, why they're called that, but they have a name. But um, this fight is... So what's the name? It's called Mother's Corners. Mother's Corners. That's the name of the boss. Cool. Mother's Corners. All right. And uh, it's probably the most frantic boss fight in the game, as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Um, a lot of watching for things in different areas of the screen at once and coordinating your movements to pretty much not get sandwiched and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and the track is, I believe, very anxiety-inducing. Yeah, it very much is. So... Why do you recommend Iconoclast? Well, the most obvious point is the fact that it was all done by one guy. It took him a decade, but it was done by this one guy. All of it. Assets, uh, music assets, graphical assets, the whole shebang by Joaquin Sandberg. Yeah. And, of course, that really wouldn't matter if the game was crap, but that is quite the opposite. The game is an authentic Metroidvania, quote-unquote, type of game that's inspired by such titles as Monster World 4 and Metroid Fusion. It's a fantastic mm. title. It's It makes you work with little to do a lot. Yes. So you're not like, you don't end up with like, say, Axiom Verge has like oh. 20 guns or 30 guns, which yeah, is yeah. pretty it, much a, not it, the norm for any game. Yeah, that genre. gives you like the option of like, you don't have to use everything. You can use what you want. And so don't get me wrong, yeah. I love that. I look yeah, forward yeah. to seeing which ones become the ones I want. Um, but, but this is like, this game is the exact opposite. It's like, like a, you get very little. They're mm -hmm. all integral to progressing through the game. You need every gun that they give you. Um, you do get upgrades, but they're more like fine-tuning your experience, and none of the upgrades for t or tweaks are required to progress. Okay. They're just things that make your life better. Um, it's And the characters are all authentic. They're awesome. You can see moments where the writing gets a little weird between certain aspects because, again, the guy was working over a decade. He probably had his mind, probably had a bit of a shift from here to there. Wow, yeah. It, 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 yeah, you got to think about that. Like, the like what did how much did he write before it went into the game? Or did he write as he was making the game? Or did. It's so interesting to think about that. I wonder what the process was. Based on the way it flowed and yeah. where different things were happening, I almost feel like it was the latter. He did it. He did it as he went through it. Like, okay, I want the game to go into this direction now. Yeah, I'm gonna create this segment. Now the gears are going to say these things here. Oh crap! Now I like I wrote a dissertation for this section with the beginning game. It's just like, oh, just see what's going on over there. Um, it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it, and I feel like even though, like you told me earlier, I can be a little heavy-handed in the plot. I feel like it's not in the sense where it makes you feel... It's not meant to make you feel bad or anything like that. It's just more like oh, it yeah. evokes thoughts. Like, it makes you think about what was he thinking when he came up with this premise. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, your own personal take on the premise that he created for his game. Yeah, I mean, like, based, I mean, based on the name, this game is about, you know, a very strong authoritarian religion. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of fighting against that? I haven't gotten that far. I, I, started, I started playing it and I actually really enjoyed the gameplay. At your suggestion, I started on hard mode. As you should. Yes. That's the way to go, man. So, um, and which just means I think I just take more damage faster because that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I, cause I don't think he yeah. programmed more attack patterns than boss. Or it's just more like you have to be a little bit more precise about your actions. And, of course, you un when you beat the game, you unlock challenge mode, which is you die in one hit. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so that's definitely a challenge then. Mm -hmm. um, I know about those types of challenges. But... Um, so, Iconoclasts, is it only on PS4? PS4, Vita, and I think Steam, too. Yeah, I think Steam. 
but it's worth every freaking penny. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm on the PS4, so it's cool having access to some of these newer stuff. My next pick, um, I am going to pick from a game that you and I are very intimate with. Game is that Magical Drop? No, of course. You and I, Gungeon. together, intimate in Gun- a game. Gungeon. No, no. Okay, forget about it. This is Tetris DS. Oh, that was a <laughs> lot going on. With that <laughs> yes, Tetris DS for the Nintendo DS. Um, the soundtrack's composed by Minako Hamano and Akira Fujiwara. And every track in this game is very, like, inspired by old-school games. Um, and they're just really fun. So I'm playing the title theme, which is probably the most original of the music in the game. And it's silly. And I think it's, I think this is probably one of the best versions of Tetris made for a, a system. Specifically the handheld system. So this is the title theme from Tetris DS. Composed by Minako Hamano and Akira Fujiwara. This is the title theme from Tetris DS for the Nintendo DS, composed by Manako Hamano and Akira Fujiwara. Yeah. This, this song makes me this song gets me in the mood to play some Tetris. Specifically versus Tetris. The only thing that makes me sad about this game, and I'm glad you mentioned versus specifically, is the fact that this game has a ton of great music in it. Mm. Like you said, a lot of it's inspired by classic Nintendo games, yeah, and yeah. others are just like they kind of go off on their own, or unless they were Nintendo inspired. I a lot, of, the game a lot of them were. But the versus yeah. mode only allows you to use that default track, and none of the other ones came in and play huh. ever. I remember. I remember. Oh yeah, maybe you're right because there's like five or six different modes in the game, and they all have different music. Mm-hmm. But you're there was right. Like push mode, yeah. And versus challenge, challenge mode, mode oh. puzzle mode. Okay, I picked this because of challenge mode. Because of you and me playing challenge mode over and over and over and over again. I love challenge mode. Challenge challenge mode is not just dropping blocks on each other and not just like scoring points more than each other. It's you have a goal mm-hmm. and you're racing to finish the goal until the next one. And the goals are like ridiculous where it's like, okay, clear three lines. Okay, no problem. Okay, clear three lines only using those S blocks. And yeah, you're like, oh, rough. crap. And then one of them is like clear two lines but leaving one in between so you have to like line everything up so specifically wherever you're at in the game oh man that and it gets so competitive trying to to complete them faster than the other person but without leaving your your board like completely screwed up i think this is like one of the most fun versions of tetris that they they've made it really is like they they tried to match it later with uh it was like a tetris party party edition or some jazz Mm -hmm. And I believe I didn't do anything with it, but I did buy it because I had to buy it. Um, but from what I remember of it, though, it was lacking in comparison to this one. They tried to make it more oh, really? social friendly 
Well, how about like Poyo Poyo Tetris? Because we both like Poyo Poyo, and we both like Tetris. Oh, but I've never, I have, but I haven't played Poyo Poyo enough. I haven't played this yet. Have you been into it? Oh yeah, I own it. I bought it for the Switch. It's, and I also, I was going to buy it originally for the PS4 as an import, but when I learned it as he was getting launched here, I rejoiced and kept my money. Oh, so it was imported on the? I mean, it was it was released in Japan on the PS4. Yeah, it was on PS4 and Switch in Japan. Oh, that's cool. And then the states got it for Switch, mm. and I think it recently hit Steam last week. Actually, believe it okay. or not, uh, but it's a fantastic game. It's got it's got a cool Big Bang mode, which is essentially clearing the screen as fast as possible using like one chain co- one drop combos. Uh, there's the versus mode where you can either play Poyo versus Poyo, Poyo versus Tetris, or Tetris versus Tetris, or both at the same time. Oh man, and it can get really <laughs> weird when you're doing both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in trying that out. I really like puzzle games, and I like I like Poyo and Tetris. Also, I got to slip this in here because yeah, yeah. I didn't pick a track from the game. But Magical Drop Three just got released on the Switch. I saw last that. week, and yeah. I bought the living daylights out of it. <laughs> play it in Japanese because. I had a friend ask me earlier, he's like, why do you care if it's in Japanese or not? And it's because the I feel as though the localization of the game was pretty uh, crap. Pretty, pretty rough. Is there online play? I've never even checked, so I don't know. Oh, uh, well, I guess it's only on Switch. I was like, we could play together, but no, I mean, I would come over and we play, but oh, yeah. it's only on, only on Switch. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Switch, for you, not Switch bad, for you is a handheld system. No. no. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. On one hand, it is in my bag right now, but I <laughs> generally don't use it as a handheld because it's not... The battery life is kind of meh. It's very oddly shaped as for portability purposes. I just kind of don't... I prefer the 3DS still. And since I happen to have a lot of games on the 3DS still that either I have not played or, believe it or not, some that are still coming out, like Alliance Alive this coming mo- this month, hmm. um, I still find myself wanting to lug the 3DS around more often. Though the Switch will come out on a case if i got a review to do or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, that's my. I treat the portable aspect of it as, hey, look, I don't feel like starting at the TO and I lay on the couch or in my bed and just play the game until yeah. I go to sleep. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just like, because uh, like when you're over here, you usually have it with you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the DS. Or there's, I'm sorry, there's the Switch. So, mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's also the Vita, which I still play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Even though it's, it's officially getting the death sentence from Sony. Yeah, uh, so I heard. What's your, uh, what's your next track? I want to see what you got. Let's see. I'll go with this. Show guy me what here. you got, Pernell. Show me what you got. I'm gonna go with a weird track. Okay. So my next track is from another game I may have mentioned on the show before, but I want to bring it up here. It's called Devil Survivor Shin Megami Tensei. It's the first game in the set, and the track title is called Aggressive Tune, and it's composed by Takami Asuna. Fun fact, by the way, I think aside from the the Iconoclast track. I think every track I picked is from a composer. I didn't. No, it's correction. No, it's two like that. <laughs> I was going to get all geeked about it. I'm wrong. Okay. All right. So, Devil Survivor, Shin Megami Tensei. Yes.
You are listening to Aggressive Tune from the game Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Survivor, composed by Takami Asuna. This game originally released on the Nintendo DS handheld, and then later got a sort of updated version of it with voice actors and an additional section of the game added called some Devil Survivor Overclocked. So kind of help me out here. So there was Shin Megami Tensei for the Super Nintendo. No, actually, it was, uh, it gets weird. It was like, there was actually like a Megami Tensei on the NES. Okay. Then became, then Shin Megami Tensei came out on the Super Nintendo. Okay. And then there was Devil Summoner Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, Devil Summoner. And then that was a line of games. And then there was Persona, and that right. became a line of games. And then there was Last Bible, which was also a line of games. And then there was the Jack Brothers. As there was a lot of spinoffs. And so it's Devil Survivor is another one. Devil Survivor is yet another spinoff. <laughs> That's from the amazing. Series. It's 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 amazing like how 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 far how long they've been producing this series, but and how how unique it still feels. Oh yeah, and yeah. the sad reality is that it, well, it's not sad because it's been remedied to the extent, but it took so long for us to get those games. Like yes. they were running like when Pokemon came out, Pokemon got a lot of its inspiration from this series, yet. Yes. And this when these games started getting <laughs> and, more press over yeah. people like this is just basically Pokemon with like no no get that get that back. It's actually Pokemon is like this, but um Oh interesting. So yeah, I mean Pokemon game mechanics wise. Yeah, the whole like, fusing monster well and Pokemon is breeding, but yeah, fusing but, monsters and mismatching skills and traits and all that. Right. But you know, but but the whole like, you know, demons in the real world and, and this and that. Like that's this is much darker. Oh yes. And every pl- every plot line episode, typically you're going to deal with a number of routes. It's like the, there's like dealing with the chaos end of the world, like the the affinity spectrum. There's the law aspect of it, and then you usually have like a weird like middle ground neutral. That's kind of a staple in the series, though. What are you talking about? So every the main theme <laughs> of the Shin Megami Tensei mainline games, at least. Right, the world's going to end. It's the end of the world and a sense of reincarnation, the, rebuilding the world from scratch. Then you said the law? Yeah, so there is, uh, I'm probably going to get you know roasted for this later, but there's essentially an affinity spectrum. Um, affinity being um, related to authority, I will say. Like how you, where you, how you, how you, you ever heard of chaotic neutral? You ever heard of that kind of thing? Okay, so like a personal bias. Yes, essentially that, that would work. So okay. think like how like you, you, always, you always say that thing was like the nine pictures chaotic oh, neutral, affinity. Neutral. Yeah, affinity. Not infinity. No, no, affinity. Okay. Um, so there ends up being the lawful end of it, which is essentially like more of the heavenly, lordly way of doing things. Then chaos would be more equivalent to like the more of like the rambunctious, you know, just anarchy, anything goes aspect of the underworld. Okay. And then there's everything in between. Uh, so. Every one of these games usually puts you in a situation where you have to ultimately figure out if, how you want to build, rebuild the world, and they do different ways to thematically explain that you're going with one of these factions. Oh. So that's where the Shin Megami Tensei comes in, because like it stands for something like Goddess Reborn. Right. So, but, but with some of these other games, these spinoffs, they kind of step away from that, di- that structure, and they kind of give you more plot heavy title so like, more like character story yes persona is heavily character driven yes devil yeah. survivor is heavily character oh, driven. okay this has been really interesting to me i hope it's been interesting to the listeners but like i don't play enough of the games to get like a full understanding of like 
like what this means, you know, and like what the different what the different games are like. So that's just cool. I would say you should try something like maybe like Mega Ten Two on like the Super Nintendo. Yeah, or I think I will. I think it's I will. Shorter. Uh, or still, you also you still have P five. You should be playing sometime this year. Yeah, someday. I'll get to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the reason why I recommend this game, and I'll stop rambling, is because I stand by my belief, even years after the original game came out, that this Devil Survivor is probably the perfect fusion between turn based strategy and turn based action. Uh, not action. Turn based RPG combat. So. You might be thinking, what about Ogre Battle? Well, Ogre Battle, you didn't control your party. The parties kind of fought themselves on their own. You're right, right, yeah. But in this game, you have to develop units that are composed of one human and two demons. And then you load them out on the map, and they kind of traverse the map with some of their, each of their demons having a map-based skill that can allow them to do different things on the map that other monster types can't. Mm -hmm. And then when you engage a unit, it actually goes into a turn-based battle system where each person, each side gets one round, but if you are good with using the proper attacks, you can get extra turns. You can steal turns from the other guy and actually ultimately get more actions so on your you, side. Instead. And so you recommend it because you like that strategy. Yeah, I love the fact that they combine two as fantastic aspects of gameplay into one really fantastic gameplay structure. Mm. And I actually like the premise of Devil Survivor also, which is that without going into too much specifics, something happens which results in Tokyo being on a lockdown. And everyone that's there has something called a death clock over their head, in which case you can actually see how long a person has to live. Okay. So you pretty much know when you're going to oh, die. Wow. And you're basically trying to figure out how to get out of the lockdown mm -hmm. and why there's a lockdown. And, of course, for some reason, you can summon demons, too, huh. and fight with them. So it ends up being a matter of, like, a lot of chaos is breaking out. Like, people are, like, looting stores and yeah. stuff with demons. Like, I got power. I can do what I want. Oh, that's funny. I watched a, um, a movie a while back where people wore a, a wristband with a timer on it. And when the timer counted down to zero, the person that they're with is the person they're going to spend the rest of their lives with. That's their soulmate interesting premise and they had worked out this 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 algorithm perfectly so it's like 100% of the time it works it's like when it became a thing like on your 16th birthday you get this wristband and then you're gonna find your soulmate and everyone just relied on it people stopped dating people stopped meeting each other like they just relied world. on this wristband um, and then of course like there's uh, um, the woman falls in love with her soulmate and then they fall out of love and da 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 and so it's, it's all about like fighting the system oh. but then of course in the end she goes back to her soulmate because it's a romantic movie and they learn nothing I hate movies like that I like the anyway, fact that technology moral of this story awesome. is that movie was terrible and I don't remember the name of it what no I want to <laughs> know what it's called because I want to see it I know it sounds like Black Mirror to you doesn't it yes but in a good way <laughs> actually it might be Black Mirror it sounds like it's a romantic drama like romantic comedy slash drama Black Mirror like kind of my two not say least favorite things but two things I'm not super excited about alright I'm going to jump into a game that a lot of people are not very excited about this is Final Fantasy 10 Part 2 I think this is a great game I think I think more people should give it a chance there are some tracks almost kind of hidden in the game when you complete certain objectives people will start talking differently um, there's a band and they'll play different music in one of the towns. And this is the music they play. It's called Just Leave It To Us. It's With Just accent. Leave It To Us. Okay. This is composed by Noriko 
Matsueda and Takahito Iguchi, and this is this is a jam. I hope you like it. <laughs> Stepping out, funky track. This is the juiced Leave It Te Us from Final Fantasy X Part 2 for the PlayStation 2, composed by Noriyuko Matsueda Takahito Iguchi. And this is, it's so different from a lot of the other music in the game. It, it, it takes a quick turn. I think there's a, a battle that occurs. Um, it's bizarre. The Where this takes place in the game, I couldn't tell you. I've read somewhere that it was like, oh yeah, there's like a band and they, they change their tune when you complete certain objectives. I don't think I did those objectives to did hear you this music. Did you get through the game and like initially like the, just like the baseline? The whole game, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it gives you a percentage of like how much you've completed and there's certain things where like if you don't talk to this one person, you'll never see them again and then you'll never get 100%. And it's like—is it time based or is it just like no, mission it's a, based? Like, it's like mission based. Like you can't go back after a certain point. Oh wow, that but sounds like, cruel for someone like me. Yeah, but like not not getting a hundred percent at the end of the game is okay because you're not going to get a different ending. It's is it now? Thing. Yes. If, I don't know. <laughs> the game is telling me I didn't get a hundred percent. That's stressful. Okay, you know, it's okay. I, I think it's okay. I think it's okay if one of the conditions is that you have to know this one arbitrary thing before. Anyway, conditions for getting 100% on a game are not conditions on, on liking a game, I think. you know, Because there's so much more about this about this game. There's the characters. First of all, they chose the best characters from Final Fantasy X, the most interesting characters, and the most the strongest characters. Uh, I, I don't think Waka's a playable character lead. in this game. Okay, who, who I think are the strongest characters, <laughs> which are the lead female characters. And it's, all, it's a full female lead cast, and I think they're awesome. And I, I think the combat is super fun. They went back to active battle. But you can change your jobs on the fly, which is changing the uh, costumes, which I think is great too. I still need to get back to that because we actually have a listener. Ian, I think it's awesome. Ian Suso. Yeah, that's what brought it back up to mind. Ian was like, "Yeah, I got to get back to Final Fantasy X too because it was pretty neat. The battle system was fun. It is. You know, the story falls apart a little bit towards the end, 
Um, if you ha- we played it just on the heels of Final Fantasy X, so I was like, oh, he's got to find Titus. He's got to find. But Titus. Don't say too much because somebody out there probably might want to try them both. Yeah, go try them both. Anyway, all I'm saying is, don't expect a big, big, powerful ending. But it's a fun, it's a fun ending boss. There's a lot of hidden um, dungeons. If you want to go back and like really dig into it, they're really cool. Hopefully, some hidden jobs too. I think so. I think there's a lot of extra jobs because like, and, and it's fun because you get to see. Not what extra skills you can do, but you also get to see like well, how did they dress up the different characters? Because like they all like there's three main characters and they all have different costumes per job. So it's oh, like cool. So like the designers of the, of the game had a blast doing this thing. I think it's cool. They actually probably yeah. no Square. They probably paid money to hire like be like Vidal Sassoon or some level of fashion designer. Uh, I so love how more I named zippers. A hair, a hair. Vidal Sassoon. Like here, let me just name this hair product <laughs> manufacturer and call them a clothing designer now because that's what I do today. But um. Yeah, I could, I could actually picture them hiring like some professional like clothing designers. Like, we need to make these characters look good. Yeah. This is our flagship series. But I, mean, I just feel like a lot of people they don't like they people say hey they like Final Fantasy. They say they, they like to argue about Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, that, honestly, yeah. I enjoy it. Like, fun fact. So I'm not. Well, people know it about it on the show because I've said it before. But I'm not huge about Final. Fantasy. I'm not a big fan of Final Fantasy VIII. Um, in fact, I would say it's my least favorite in the series, and that includes one through three. But what I think is interesting is that I developed this weird faux sauna where I enjoy it. You have a bit- fursona? Faux. Faux, not fur. Faux sauna. You have a fake. Like, fu- like, like fake. You have like a fake sauna. Like fake. Per- stop it. <laughs> stop it. You know what I'm doing. I'm combining words. <laughs> point is. So you have a furry yes. hot room that doesn't exist. Yes. That's exactly what I've got. Okay. And from that furry room that doesn't exist, <laughs> I exaggerate my dislike of the game because for some reason people get really, really unhappy when I say I don't like the game very much. Mm. Even though I say why and stuff, people get really upset. <laughs> so it became a thing where I'm like, I'm just going to ride this wave now, see where I can go with it. But ultimately, I have genuine, genuine reasons for not being a fan of the game. But the music in it was actually pretty good. I will say that. And Triple Triad was swank-tastic. Triple Triad's great. Mm-hmm. Triple Triad's like one of my favorite like mini games in a game. And fun fact, by the way, if anyone's listening, if you like Triple Triad and you're okay with tabletop, you should look into a game called Cell Swords because Ooh. it has a lot of of the characteristics of Triple Triad and that was pretty much why I bought that game myself so we should should try that soon yeah I'd play it cool alright what's next what is next well I think the next track I'm going to go with is an interesting little Jimmy it's from the game Protect Me Night and the title is called Late Night Cleansing or Cleaning and it's composed by Yuzo Koshiro oh awesome listening to Late Night Cleaning from the game Protect Me Night. 
composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Well, I like the track because it definitely, well, it just sounds awesome, but it also kind of has a hint of Castlevania in it. It does have a little bit of that, of that, that kind of feeling, especially towards the end. So this is this like a throwback style game or a re-release? It's a throwback style game. It is pretty much 8-bit in every way. Graphics, sound, quality, everything. I know you're like, well, sound isn't in bits, but you know what I mean. Well, I mean, it, sound, it certainly sounds like he only used a limited number of voices. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. That, that, yeah. The whole game was meant to be a throwback mm-hmm. in every shape or form. And um, it's a cheap game. It doesn't cost much. I think it was like maybe three to five bucks. And it is an actual sort of tower defense game. The concept is that you are heroes trying to escort a princess to reclaim her kingdom. And each level involves monsters coming in waves from all over the screen. And the princess is in the middle of the screen. Oh, like a tower defense. Yep, and you're fighting <laughs> off all these monsters and keeping them from reaching the princess and doing her harm. Oh, I like that. So you have physical melee attacks, and you also have a, a number of barricades you can set up and things of that nature. And it's a really fun game. It gets pretty chaotic, too. Um, Matt, of all people, actually, he was the one actually brought this to our attention at one point. He was like, hey, man, it's this cool game I saw on the internet. You should look into it. In fact, no, I'm going to buy it. And we just come up and play it. So I did that. And I became hooked. And then a sort of sequel hit the 3DS called God of Protectors. And I want to say it hit maybe last year? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Like I, like I saw that scrolling through something. Might have seen it on my 3DS. Probably that, yeah. <laughs> but it's a just they're, it's yeah. such a fun game. They're, okay. they're, they're classic. It's got a fun gameplay. It's yeah. not too pricey. I like the soundtrack a lot. It's good. This is cool. I'm going to check the rest of this out. I like how it starts. It almost starts out like kind of like a like a rock song. Like, ding, 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 and that's where the Castlevania influence I got comes in too. Like yeah. so, the whole song has it, but the very beginning sounds a lot like uh, I want to say the, the 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 swamp stage in Castlevania yes. Three. Yes, yes, that's it. Definitely has that feel to it. Oh, this is really good. This might be one of my favorite tracks of the episode. There it is. I'm enjoying this. Well, it's got the Koshiro stamp of approval. So yeah, yeah he's an excellent composer. All right, well, I'm going to turn the track down, and we are going to have a part of the show we like to call the bonus round. Bonus round. No problem. In the bonus rounds, the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on our theme, and the, the theme today is recommendations. Mm-hmm. Recommendations. I reckon. Um, and I got to recommend the game that I've been playing a lot of and had to stop. Because it was driving me crazy, and that is Celeste. Yes. So I'm recommending not the game, but the hidden ultra-hard stages of the game by playing a remix of one of the songs. That's clever. So the songs in the game, on like on, on the, the B-sides, they call it, are the ultra-hard versions of the level, and all the songs are remixed. And it's re- they're all in different styles. They're really cool. And the, I'm playing the very first track because it's from an artist that I love, uh, Maxo. So this is Maxo's version of The Forsaken City. This is called Sever the Skyline Mix. And the original composer is Lena Rain. And again, this is some crazy like acid jazz funk stuff. Maxo is a very uh, frenetic, very wild kind of composer.
That was Forsaken City, Sever the Skyline mix for the game Celeste, composed by Lena Rain and remixed by Maxo. Um, so yeah, I, I highly suggest um, the base game, play through the base game, and, I, and my recommendation is to go back and to try the B-sides before going to YouTube because it will scare you away. <laughs> yeah, because okay, YouTubers are probably like ripping it out in one credit. Or, or uh, honestly, they're, 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 they're doing their playthroughs cut so it looks like a complete playthrough, mainly as a tutorial. Ah, but the reality was they probably died a heap ton in right. between those cuts. So I've completed seven stages and six B-sides. I've completed maybe five of them, which Yeesh. took a long time. And and what's keeping me going is wanting to hear what the music is because I haven't gone to the soundtrack online. Like I've been wanting, like, ooh, what's the remix going to sound like? And I get really excited because some of them are really neat. They're so really what's different. Your death counter. Uh, it's it's close to like the three or four thousands. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't you don't care about deaths anymore, especially when you're on the B sides. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that is true. Like I feel like right now I'm still in that mental state where I'm trying not to mm. die too much. But the music is so good, especially like when it gets really chill. It really helps you get in the zone to make these incredibly hard um, jumps. So the crystals, those crystal hearts, end up unlocking another stage yes, too. Yes, they do. And there's more in there. There's weird stuff people are finding, and there's there's mechanics in the game people don't know what they're what what to do with it. That's the kind of stuff I like when yeah. people actually have to work together to There's dissect the game. Weird secrets in this game, so I'm really, so I'm excited to see that. But at the same time, I don't know if I have the chops to keep going. I think <sighs> we'll see. We'll you see. have to. You have to. You got to. You have to complete the journey. <laughs> but if if you like that song, um, the way that song sounded, check out the artist Maxo. He's got an album called Chord Slayer, which is fantastic. It's just imagine like court as in like the basketball. No, court, like or no the chord, chord, like like a piano chord. Oh, piano chord, chord slayer. It's that so makes good. a lot more sense actually. Yeah, he's he's an amazing artist. Um, really crazy, crazy stuff. It's like chill and crazy at the same time. Um, so what what did you bring? I think you went a little uh, a a little. I went straight a wall, and I'm not even ashamed of it. <laughs> this is the this is me doing recommendations of game tracks and. I'll admit, at the time, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to find a good remix of a track from one of these games, though I'm wagering now that I think about it, it probably does exist. But whatever. Yeah. We're here now. Let's hear some jams. So this game is called Ghost Trick, and it actually came to mind for me again because someone did a absolutely perfect steamed ham meme rendition from this game. <laughs> um, and, of course, I started thinking about it again. So Ghost Trick, it's like a detective, like, 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 novel type game we'll get to that oh okay but first the music first the music the track is titled the last desperate struggle and it's composed by masakasu sugimori
Welcome back. You're listening to The Last Desperate Struggle from the game Ghost Trick, composed by Masakasu Sugimori. So, what the heck is this game, you ask? Well, it was released on the Nintendo DS, done by Capcom. It is a story, heavily story-driven game, and the premise is you wake up in a junkyard, and you realize that you're dead. You don't know why you're dead, but you know that you're around you're floating and existing so like and you know that you're dead but you're in the living world exactly huh. and you basically learn through means that you have these things called ghost tricks which allows you to manipulate certain non like inanimate objects in the environment and you can also kind of possess dead bodies and revert time to about five to ten minutes before the person died oh wow and affected and you learn through this that you actually only have 24 hours to figure out what you want to know because you will cease to exist in 24 hours you have 24 hours and you can go and save people essentially right because you can go back like five or ten minutes before they died exactly oh wow and it ends up being it's I don't. I can't even say a lot because as everything's so intertwined, that'd be a big spoiler. But so, so. I will say that when I finished this game, I was emotionally invested. Like I actually, I was sad, but not like unpleasant. <laughs> it was sad that it was over, and I felt emotionally charged by how things were playing out. Like you ever, you ever play a game where something happens? And it's not a matter of okay, the game wants me to accomplish this goal to move on to the next mm-hmm. level. It becomes, I have to do this thing because yeah. if I don't, everyone's in danger. Yeah, yeah you're, like, you're like invested. Like, you're like, this is, this is, like, this is real now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, it's time to make things right. So this, this, do this, it. this puts you in that feeling, huh? Yes. Like, oh, I wow. was obsessed with it. When and you- this track plays at a point in the game where it's, it really is do or die. Oh, wow. And you're like, really, you're like pushing the limit of like what you can do in the game to make things go the way you need them to go. So the title, The Last Desperate Struggle, is so appropriate. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. This is a cool song. This is very, like, synth-wavy sounding. Actually, it sounds a, a little... I mean, it's also a Capcom, too. It's a little like um, a Phoenix Wright. Yeah, like, and I think that's part of why the game even had a chance to come out here like it did, because... Oh, because of the success of Phoenix, Phoenix Wright? Exactly. They were like, hey, people like Phoenix, uh, maybe this will go. That's and I, cool. Honestly, I don't think this game got enough, got a lot of sales, which is depressing, again, because it deserves all the love it could have possibly gotten. Mm. I recommend anybody listening to this show that has a DS or a 3DS <laughs> to find a copy of this game. You could probably get it for like 10 bucks now on eBay, but... You need to play this thing, and you need to you need to come to appreciate it like I did. Well, maybe not as much as I did. I'm kind of <laughs> nutty, but I think you will come find that you end up liking this game, even if you're not big on adventure games traditionally. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Well, let's end this right here. So, if you want more information on the bonus round part of our show, including uh, composer information and um, sound clouds and band camps of where you can get the artist's music for the uh, the arrangements and covers on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links all there where you can go there and support the artists. I want to thank you for joining us on episode 
12-6 of Rhythm and Pixels, the episode where we recommend games at you. And for the record, I should still at least say a little about our clothing track because due to the topic... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is a new one. So this, which one's this, what's this from? This game is titled Sheer and the Wanderer, The Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate. It got released on the PlayStation Vita, uh, I'd say two, three years ago. So you might have heard of the genre roguelike here and there. Um, this game is probably not the granddaddy because obviously Rogue is the granddaddy of yeah. Rogue games. Um, but as far as roguelike goes, this is probably one of the most iconic ever made huh. as a series. It's been around since the NES, I want to say. And America only managed to get two of them. We got this one and we got a DS release some years ago. Hmm. So this has pretty much everything you expect from a roguelike game. You have dungeons where you kind of traverse the maps and every time you take a step, the enemies all take a step at the same time. Um, you find items on the ground, and you are forced to utilize everything at your disposal in as best a way as possible, because when you die, it does not come with you. Um, <laughs> it's just over and done. That's right. And I, I don't know why I like those types of games. It's, just... it's, it's, it feels rewarding. Like I can't explain yeah. it. I used to be one of those people that felt like the due to not being able to keep levels and stuff that you were wasting your time if you didn't you know succeed yeah, yeah the, the 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 leveling in the game becomes like almost like your 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 personal skill in the game like you're only getting further because you personally are getting better exactly yeah yeah i mean cuz everyone I me mean, obviously the the items have the rng mechanic you don't know what you're going to get on yeah, the ground yep. and sometimes they make it harder by not even identifying the gear you find which means you got to hope oh, it's good no kidding that's rough but it's just good and like the early, the main storyline, they're a lot more fair about what they do. They don't hit you with like the most of the unidentified stuff head on, so you can actually enjoy the game and get acclimated before they start hammering you down. Uh, it's a quality product. I played it on the plane going to Chicago once, and that's where I beat the game was on an airplane, and uh, I made a lot of people shocked. I, had, I was like, "Die, you jerk!" I had a, a really hard time focusing on games on an airplane. Really, for me, it's almost like a rec- it makes it so much better because I hate being on a cramped seat. Yeah, I can't move. I I just feel uncomfortable whenever I'm on a plane, almost without fail. But yeah, when I have too. a game to play, mm-hmm. I can kind of tune out most of that and just be like, okay, I can barely sit properly. But yeah, I always I'm feel like, the screen. <laughs> so whatever. I always feel like disoriented, you know, like I'm and, and maybe like a little motion sick too. I don't know. Maybe I need to do more to like zen out. I think that's, uh, maybe that would be what help out, though. If you get truly into your game, yeah. the motion might not even be as much of a factor. You're just like, okay, I'm concentrating. I'm doing a thing here. I'm not really concerned about the environment around me right now. Right. Yeah, I don't care about the environment. Well, I'm on a plane, <laughs> plane, yeah. Um, no, so this is cool. I like the music in this. It sounds neat. It's very, um, it's very uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, this this track is playing on a dungeon I've been stuck on for the last year. Oh, really? And I didn't exaggerate that either. I thought, you, I thought you beat this. I did, but then there's post-game dungeons. Oh, okay. And you. the post-game dungeons are when they truly say, hey, those <laughs> roguelikes, here's what they're actually like. Oh, that's funny. So, like, three of our recommendations are from, like, post-game. Mm-hmm. Like Final Fantasy X-2, the post-game was great. Celeste, the post-game is great. Sheer and the Wander, the post-game is brutal. <laughs> it's all brutal. Um, but anyway, if you want to uh, uh, get in contact with us and... Uh, uh, 
maybe send us a suggestion, some topic suggestions about the show, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for the record, before we move on, I yes, want to say this. I'm on it. We've been getting some recommendations, yes. and it's totally appreciated. Right. Know that they are not forgotten. It's just <laughs> yeah. we already had a few already lined up to go. Yes. But once that queue stops, requests are getting hit. So thank yeah, you for have, submitting stuff. We have quite a few lined up. Uh, but that's I'm really looking forward to hitting the uh, the, the, the listener suggested ones because they're always they're always fun. Yes, they like, they're are. always like interesting, and I, I really appreciate that. So if, interesting topics, like weird topics, that's topics without kind of like. make us like come up with like weird stuff. Um, and if you want more information about our show, I'm a full track listing from every episode. Go to the website rhythmandpixels.com. Um, and if you want to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, we're we're all there. It's rhythm and pixels, all one word. Um, and also, um, there's a lot of other great uh, video game music podcasts out there. There's a, almost a community of video game music podcasts. So I want to give a shout out to shows like the Forever Sound Version podcast, um, the VGM Jukebox, uh, the Grandpappy of all of them, the Legacy Music Hour with mm-hmm. Brent Weinbach and Rob F. Switch. Um, these are all um, great, great um, podcasts. And there is a Facebook group. Oh, and Pixel Tunes Radio. I'm sorry, and and Pixelated Audio. There's a lot of great podcasts out there. Um, so many, so so many of them. Um, they're all really, really great listens. Um, they all come out on their own schedule. But anyway, there's a great Facebook group that for fans of all of them called the VGM Podcast Fans on Facebook, and there's, it's just a lot of love um, for for all things music related, and and um, it's a good time. Come and, for a good dose of gabba gabba hey. Yes, and some interesting polls that really get surprisingly get people talking about the hobby it's pretty cool yeah which is really nice and the um uh, alex who is uh, the the creator of the group and a supporter of of our of our podcasts and an all-around awesome dude uh, has a discord server in which you go on there and we can just talk about game music and games and and just hang out and i think that's a great thing too I gotta start using it more often. That's the problem. <laughs> I was complaining about ah, socializing is getting much tougher now, and then I'm like, "There's a Discord chat right here. You and, should use it." And if you're looking for more uh, game music uh, uh, for your week or for your work day, go to a YouTube and look up Rhythm and Pixels Radio. We have a 24/7 live streaming radio station of classic 8-bit and 16-bit music, all selections by the Rhythm and Pixels team, and selections by the VGM jukebox, Forever Sound version, and Mike and Ed over at Pixel Tunes Radio. Everyone's got their own little playlists that they're updating every week and adding to the station. It's really cool. There's some great music on there. Check that out. I gotta go. I gotta go on the ball, man. These guys are showing up some love. I'm like, eh. it's all. It's, right now. It's all still a little embryo in my end. No, take your time. You know, it's it's still it's still young. Um, but I think it's a, it's a great community project. So, um, yeah. So I hope you check that out and you enjoy that. Um, and uh, our podcast, Rhythm and Pixels, is a Patreon-supported podcast. So people who want to support us, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, every dollar put into Patreon goes back into the show, pays for all the costs for the, the equipment and for the, the server hosting. And we want to thank all of the subscribers on Patreon. I want to thank Alex, the messenger. Again, Alex, thank you so much. I want to thank Carlos. Where's the rest? Morton Gangso, <laughs> Henrik Anderson, Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast, mm-hmm. Brian Pitt, Chris Murray, mm-hmm. and David Smith. <laughs> We're saluting you. Thank you all very much. 
Well, stop. you make this possible. View, viewers like you. Um, <laughs> you would look forward to saying that. You know yeah. it. Um, I am crashing, so I'm going to get going. Uh, tune in next week, uh, next week's podcast. We have very special guests coming on the show. Same um, bad time, same bad channel, but a whole flock of guests, like Rob was saying. Yeah, we have a lot of cool guests lined up, so I hope you dig it. Um, anyway, this has been the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thank you very much for listening. Have a safe week. Enjoy yourselves. And remember, we can sit here and talk till our faces are blue about games that we could recommend to anybody. But we wouldn't mind hearing what you guys like as well. It'd be awesome if you were willing to you know, kind of pop up either in VGM Podcast Fans or on the Rhythm and Pixels Facebook page. Or the email, even. And just let us know what some of your favorite games are. Share the wealth so that we can know what games we are missing out on and should probably pay more attention to. But this isn't a lesson-y thingy without an actual tidbit on that. And that would be, whenever you talk about games that you recommend and stuff like that, share them with the hope of people, you know, taking to them and appreciating them and liking them just as much as you do. Or at least appreciate it in the sense where they kind of come on board. But... That doesn't mean that you should really be upset if someone doesn't like something you recommend because everybody has different tastes and it may not be that your love is someone else's love. Not a big deal, but let's be blunt. It does feel really good when someone likes something you recommended to them. It's freaking awesome. So all the more reasons you should share the wealth and tell people what you like.